0: Hello everyone, welcome to the MRKH podcast, our full intro has its very own episode so please do go check it out. For now, a little hello, I'm Ella May from VavaWoom and this is Mind Over MRKH, a podcast for and by the people with mayer Rokitansky-Kusterhauser syndrome. You can support the podcast and the work we do directly by heading to mindovermrkh.org. This podcast is receiving a regular sponsorship to keep us going strong from our wonderful friends and UK charity MRKH Connect. We hope you find some comfort in joining our stigma-free MRKH chats with some true MRKH warriors around the globe. You are not alone. Archana, aka Purbi, is an MRKH warrior from India. She's the founder of Indian MRKH's Corner and MRKH India Facebook group. She's also a Beautiful You MRKH ambassador and represents India globally. For a living, she works at PepsiCo and has 13 plus years of experience in social media and analytics, consumer insights and strategic consulting with different companies and industries. We can't wait to have you on the podcast, Purvi. been lovely to meet the amazing perby hello how are you
1: hi me i'm good thank you how
0: are you i'm okay thank you so i've just introduced myself properly to perby so we kind of had like a little chat beforehand so it's been lovely to get to know you and meet you after being online friends for a few months um, Would you like to introduce yourselves to the listeners please if that's all right
1: sure Hi everyone, I'm Archana Bharti and my alias name is Purbi. and uh, MRKH world know me as Purbi, and uh, I'm one of the MRKH advocates from India and uh, I, I work uh, as a senior manager in PepsiCo and I'm from northern part of India but my work location is in nor- southern part of India which is Hyderabad and uh, yeah this is and I'm, I'm single. And uh, I'm here to talk to you and talk to Alamy about my journey, my stories. Thank you.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you! Everything you've done for like all the people of MRKH in India is just so amazing and admirable, and they're very lucky to have you. <laughs> um, so we're gonna, I'm gonna call um Perby perby um for this uh, podcast just because a lot of MRKH people know you by that name um and i know that it is an alias name so just for everyone's for the listeners really lots of people with MRKH do use alias names when doing advocacy um and i actually did that before i think i called myself something random on instagram like miss mrkh world (laughs) or something so yeah
1: i've kept this name like for the last 10 years so it's kind of my integral name which i don't want to remove when i like reveal myself so i just keep it as still keep it as my alias name and i haven't changed my name anywhere like insta page or facebook page So, oh, it's just...
0: a lovely name, so lovely to have you on. Um, are you okay to tell us a little about Milon Me and us, whoever might be listening, a little about your um diagnosis story and kind of where you grew up in India and and a bit about yeah the, the medical support there, if that's all right?
1: Yeah, so my childhood was like any other normal female, uh, but when I hit the puberty when I did not get the period and it was like. Until the 15 years. So I have two elder sisters. So they were like worried about me. So they asked my mom to take me to the hospital. So I went to the hospital with my mom. Doctor checked me up and she just uh, considered this one of the normal cases. So she gave me some medicines, but that didn't work. Then she called me for an ultrasound. And when I got my ultrasound report, so (laughs) there my journey, like got a like... U u-turn or can twisted, so but at that time I was like 16 years old but at that time my parents didn't tell me so they just told me about my ectopic kidney so I have got a left ectopic kidney mm-hmm. uh, but they said uh, it's not nothing to worry because it's uh, functioning uh, normal and but uh, like but I felt something odd is there I I was feeling that something is wrong and uh but uh, till the, uh, from that time, I started waiting for my period. Uh, but at the age of 19, what didn't happen and I, I was observing nobody in the family is not talking about it. And if I, I was, uh, I used to ask my mom, my mom kept ignoring me but at the age of like 21 or 22 i still remember i was in college and i was taking exams like my exams were going on during that time so one weekend during the exam i just shouted at my mom why don't you why don't you care about me why don't you take me a doctor if my my is not like hasn't started then my like sister Like she kind of, she got irritated and she told me, finally she revealed that uh, you don't have uterus, so you'll never have a period. So actually I was knowing this somewhere, but knowing this as a fact, when I heard this statement, like I tore into pieces. I just began crying. My mom was there, my father was there. So everybody was consoling me and but from that time actually it was the thing which is like which was in my mind which was inside me and now it's like got confirmed so that from that time like I started feeling depressed which I was like unconscious for years and meanwhile I just uh, doctors told my family members told focus on your study and uh, at that time you can say it's like 2000 and. I think eight, not eight. Uh, I'm just forgetting the year. Like you can see, at twenty years back, Mm -hmm. Uh, society is like that. That um, if we person like me doesn't like deserve to marry, deserve to have relationship and uh, and that time I just created that mindset okay I should not marry I can't have boyfriends so and uh, so I started like uh, avoiding people I started staying alone I started spending time alone but this scenario or the, this kind of um, mentality you can say was making me sick I was like going into depression I was having like physical problems like lower back pain Mm -hmm. I always used to feel tired and meanwhile uh, I just left my native city because I got admission for my MBA in Bangalore which is again a southern part of India so I came uh, out for the first time uh, like far from my family, far from my uh, native place so that was a like really difficult time for me Mm -hmm. and I started staying in hostel, and that time, like staying in hostel, not uh, revealing about you because I was knowing this is like all actual fact. When you tell about about yourself, like nobody will respect you. Everybody will start devaluing you, or everybody will start talking uh, behind you. Mm-hmm. So I just prefer to not uh, not to tell. But I'm not that kind of personality because I'm very expressive. I express the things, but the biggest thing in your life you have to hide you don't have to reveal it it, somewhere it was affecting my personality uh, my mental condition so I was uh, I used to feel like very suffocated sometimes and uh, and in 2011 and I just uh, uh, carried out my study my professional life and I got into research which requires again a lot of mental work so that feel also I was struggling there because of my physical mental problem so somehow I was managing because uh, no matter what I have to be like uh, financially independent uh, um, because I uh, till like I want till my last breath I want to be independent I don't want to be anyone and um, 2011 I never thought about any relationship any like having boyfriend and all but 2011 my second sister she did uh, like a big favor to me she shared a link of MRKH uh, she ah. just she just emailed me and she just uh, wrote it read it and when I opened that link uh, I just uh, I, I can't tell you how I felt. Uh, I can see, I think,
0: <laughs> how you felt with the smile.
1: <laughs> yeah, smile was there also, but my uh, like my tears rolled out. And I was so excited that, okay, my I have my, um, that my condition has my name. Because all the years I was like feeling, am I the only one? Who am I? Uh, why am I like this? I, for the whole life, I had this feeling. So but finally, I got a name and in India so far, not even with my family members, I could discuss it whenever like I used to talk, it was like, simply ignored. Mm -hmm. i got a platform there i got uh, like a facebook group which like christina and amy handles and here if i don't take the name of christina and amy it would be like really unfair because christina gave me like another life she um, initial in the initial at like 2011-12 she used to do a video call with me like hours to listen to me and that time like when I shared every feeling without any hesitation without anything that was le- really like my uh, a treatment some kind of unknowingly Christina is giving me uh, some kind of treatment so I'm just uh, I just uh, I'm grateful to her for my la- whole life so I am still remember like not uh, no like every two three days I still uh, like remember her name and sometimes i like message her and she replies me and uh, so that's like wonderful when i got this uh thing oh, and
0: so, so. yeah so lovely and christina is yeah such a wonderful human so shout out to christina we like doing shout outs on the podcast <laughs> 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 of um that's yeah thank you for sharing the kind of initial part of your story so I'm I'm so, so surprised really so you weren't given a kind of diagnosis when you were what 16 17 so what age were you when you found out the kind of letters m-r-k-h it's age of
1: 28 28 it's 28. too late when I got to
0: know so all those kind of years in between you were just getting on with life feeling a little bit lost not understanding your body is that
1: Yeah, it was a very Mm -hmm. void feeling, very uh, depressed uh, situation, Mm -hmm. you kind of say. And I was like, my personality was uh, not at all what I was. Like everybody in my college mates, my office mates used to feel, some. most of the people (laughs) considered me as an arrogant person who doesn't like to mingle with people or some kind of thing. So this feeling was there. They haven't told, but yeah, I can read (laughs) from their faces body language and uh, mm. I I was like I used to lost in my own world yeah I do have like some female friends I I used to talk like some off topic and all so.
0: Mm.
1: so till like 2011
0: I was completely lost in my world <laughs> so, so there was no um you didn't have any kind of medical or doctor's visits in those years to to look into or anything like that yeah yeah, it's it's, because I've just done a podcast with someone similarly who didn't know the diagnosis for eight or nine years so it's just it's yeah it's crazy isn't it so when so I know that you were sent the um Facebook groups and you felt just overwhelmed overwhelmed overwhelmingly I can't speak today (laughs) um just (laughs) probably just incredible and similarly when I found the Facebook groups and realized that there was all these people talking about it it's like such a pat like a just like it's, it's really hard to describe isn't it how powerful the feeling is it's like overwhelming sad happy like all of the different things um so could you just talk about how you felt from that moment and and like what happened after you started speaking I know you're speaking to Christina to Amy and maybe a bit about your advocacy journey after that because <laughs> you've yeah. gone from probably not knowing anything for years and years and years and then suddenly being part of this huge community. And just feeling a part of something and then I know that I'm going through it really quickly but and then going to become like an online advocate and telling your story so how how was the kind of first few months of being part of that community what was what was it like for you
1: Sure. So till the, uh, from that time, I was like the active member of the group. I used to comment. I used to post every other day. So that from that time, like MRK community, all the people started knowing me, knowing my name. Have, at first, I didn't have the face. Only the Purvis, the identity from India, who's like who talks, who expresses, so everything. And uh, Christina and a- Amy like gave me a lot of recognition there. So that's how. I started my journey and whenever like I on my personal level I started connecting with Indians Christina and Amy also connected me many uh, MRK women and uh, I started like helping them the first question uh, comes with the dilation Mm. Uh, so dilation stories because I dilated myself also and that was a like long journey because in India there was no dilator before so you can say I was the first one to like uh, sir, identify the doctor and the doc, doctor at the time I was in Bangalore and Bangalore is like one of the biggest city you can see in India mm-hmm. and fortunate enough to stay uh, like to live there at that time. St- uh, time so my physician family physician has uh, uh, like referred me to that doctor she has already visited us so she was having some dilators so she gave me one set to use it so so a lot of like there's a struggle story how did i get my dilators how i started but I didn't want uh, anyone to go through that struggle to that, to that, to get the dilators. So first thing like who comes to me because hearing doctor, what tells us because dilation is some kind of at that times kind of uh, not very um, doctor used to favor because of the cultural thing, because Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody wants to like use dilators before you marry. Nowadays, the, the, things has changed in some cities in some community that uh, premarital sex is not now normal but at that time it was not normal it was not considered good in our culture so everybody used to uh, suggest uh, um, surgery so but any girl or woman used to come to me i i used to say them don't like go for surgery because surgery is anyhow the last option which yeah. is very which is very risky so why to take the option surgery when you can get through we can get through with the dilators. So I started helping them with the dilators. Nowadays, we are fortunate enough that there are many like Amazon provides you dilators. There are some kind of many more websites provide you dilators. So I used to give them, share the link. And even in recently Bangladesh, one woman for Bangladesh, I helped her getting the dilators there. Because in Bangladesh, you don't try Like even Amazon don't provide their dilators. So this kind of uh, providing dilators, giving information about the dilation, dilation journey, I used to help them. Plus uh, when they get married, then they uh, used to come to me for like surrogacy. So I have like some list of surrogacy. A few of my friends have done uh, surrogacy successfully. Some of them having like two kids with surrogacy. So this kind of uh, successful journey, I used to help them
0: with the list of surrogacy centers in India. Hmm. So you quite quickly became the kind of MRKH—I don't know—Queen of India to try and <laughs> <laughs> not in not in like in that way, but in a everyone probably saw you as just this this yeah person that kind of knows so much more than medical staff almost because you're yeah. you were learning it from different countries and maybe bringing it back so all of your dilating your personal dilation journey was that once you'd f- figured out this diagnosis so beforehand you didn't know about the dilating no, and then you, you found christine you found amy you found the facebook groups and then you realized that dilating was something you wanted to explore
1: and yes. you weren't.
0: so how did you learn kind of what to do and how to do it was that just through speaking to people on yeah facebook? so yeah
1: so I was fortunate enough that I got a good doctor, a knowledgeable doctor. So she helped me first. She, she herself gave me, provided me the dilators. She helped me how to use it um, for the first time. And then I, and, and that time I was staying with my mom and sisters. So they just supported me in this journey so that that journey like i comfortably did it but yeah i proactive not proactively i um, uh, just uh, what to say i just uh, uh, like um, take to control of my treatment journey because mm-hmm. my family earlier than they didn't uh, because of cultural issue i can i uh, i can say they didn't uh, like did much about because they were like surrendered. Okay, now you can't marry, <laughs> so now the, nothing can be done. So you, you spend your whole life, life, your studying, your profession, and all. But yeah, when I in two thousand eleven, then only then I. Could know okay I can also marry because uh, you can see like many people, many MRK Indians has got married, they have successful life, they have happily married life, they are having kids. So I have seen people but, but yeah, yeah in my case I'm a little bit unfortunate in relationship and uh, so I'm still like uh, looking for like correct life partner. So that is like different story
0: so well pervy you're <laughs> lovely and you're going to find someone that is just as lovely as you are because that's all you deserve <laughs> um but i guess that's because you've grown up thinking that you could never have a partner and you could never or someone yeah, would never the
1: want you i spent i just wasted my life mm. <laughs> Uh, 20 years I used to think okay nothing can be done I just have to concentrate on my studies my profession so at the age of 30 I started trying but no luck there I have some uh, bad experience bitter experiences in relationships so and it's kind of a long relationship very short-term relationship which didn't work out and uh, so I thought okay it's not my in my destiny <laughs> so
0: let it be so that, wow your destiny hasn't arrived yet so <laughs> <laughs> we shall see oh pervy that's it's so yeah it's just so humbling to hear about the amount of advocacy that you've that you started doing as soon as you enter the community because you just obviously saw this huge gap of support in India
1: yeah one point I want to mention because oh, in India, uh, one uh, like negative things about MRKH a few cases that did marry without informing about their medical condition so I have heard like two mm-hmm. three cases and like last year I got a call from, a, from one of my like MRK girl that my I have I'm got engaged and it's an arranged marriage my parents had got it arranged and uh, but I'm just worried and I no one there to discuss because my parents don't don't want to listen so I'm just uh, I have, I have Approached you with one uh, for one help. She told me that I'm feeling very guilty because I have not told my fiance about my condition. So Mm -hmm. I I, straight away I told her that as you have come to me, so I'm totally against it that you don't tell about your condition. Like you just cheat on your partner and you just marry. So I told her that uh, anyhow you have to tell her. You have to tell your partner. Tell him. Tell your partner that you have this condition and after that it is up to him if he agrees that great if not then you will find someone like who deserve you or who'll deserve you so she just agreed and she told uh, to his pa- to her partner but uh, after listening or after like inform getting all the information he finally refused to marry oh, so like, but her parents like broke that time. Maybe they were like, <laughs> they were some. They were like cursing me for that. But I told her, okay, don't worry. Just you feel happy that you did a right thing, and uh, a right thing will uh, will like a right person will come to you, and you won't believe like in three or four months he she joined a matrimonial site and she got a very good life partner she married she invited me and in her in her wedding because of the distance like oh, that's lovely that's cool. so so I just want to tell uh about this platform to you know, to every MRK woman or girl never hide your condition because you are no you're not not any less just tell the truth of to your partner and who is the correct partner who is suitable for you and will come to you after knowing about your
0: all condition and if they don't accept you they're not worth it yeah no that's such amazing advice because I think a lot of people like I was definitely scared about telling people I had I was actually with someone for four years and never told them (laughs) when I was when I was really young so I was like 16 17 I had a boyfriend and just didn't but I was too I was too young to kind of think about babies and stuff then but told him bits and bobs but didn't tell him everything you're right
1: relationship is different from because here marriage is like you are going to uh, to spend your life with someone for the rest of whole life and here Mm. like marriage means it's still it is like if you are marrying divorce is still a taboo here Mm. so every if someone is getting married, uh, thinking in mind this is going to be a lifelong, but uh, yeah, things has changed, but still uh, divorce is like some kind of negativity, it uh, brings negativity to to the mind
0: of people. Do you think, um, I'm just interested to hear about the expectation, especially on Indian women from men. So they're a kind of they, they have got this reproductive expectation of you. Is that do you think that's a, a lot more pressure in India in comparison to different areas of the world? So more of an expectation to kind of reproduce So, much pressure. so mm. much
1: pressure because uh, here, like. A guy can agree to it, but no mother in the world, no mother-in-law in the world will agree to it. And I have heard like a very few cases where mother-in-law has agreed to it. I have a lot of respect to those women. I salute to, them. but I can say like ninety-five percent, ninety-five percent of women or Indian mother would not want to marry their son to a MRK girl. MRKH woman so this is a like uh, you can say a bitter reality or a hard reality where every woman has to go through it
0: yeah and that is it's really really hard and I think there is like I've spoken about the privilege of MRKH before like we've all got different situations and we're all obviously living in different countries but we're all so connected but I am just yeah I'm just really I don't know what, how to describe it, but just overwhelmed by the stories that I'm hearing and the differences and the cultural aspects and the different levels of stigma attached to it. So just wanted to say thank you really for coming and sharing and talking openly about everything that um, has happened to you and your experience, um, Yeah, especially around being young and being told you'll never be wanted. I think that's just it's just such a horror. Like It must have just been such a horrible feeling to think that you're so much, that you felt so much less to other women in India because your body couldn't like comply to society's <laughs> expectation of you almost, Um, well the definite expectation of you. Um, So in terms of your sort of journey with advocacy can you tell us a little bit about launching MRKH India and the support, that, I know that you've offered so much support and you've helped people through dilating and sending dilators out which is just crazy thinking that people are trying to access amazon to buy dilators and that they aren't just given as part of a medical um support network so yeah that was sorry something i was interested to know is have you got any medical support in india now for mrkh india or is that still lacking quite a lot
1: yeah it is lacking because um, here like i only one doctor know one doctor from bangalore from mumbai and there are like people who go for surgery there are options but but just for like um, taking some consultancy there are like very few doctors and if someone is like uh, uh, messaging me from kind of smaller state it is difficult to let them know because it's difficult to Come for for them to come to like bigger cities and take the treatment so still it's a struggle where i i'm still not there because i in online platform you just have to you just can reach out to those who can have the online access has the internet connection but they are like villages where we are still unaware what is happening to them so there is a newspaper like there's a news came out i think in 2017 or so one girl from a village like a small city she committed suicide at the age of 17 when she got to know so you can imagine the situation here where in the villages and i have no idea what is happening to those uh girls who are like uh, residing in small cities villages what is what what is like what was happening to them what is happening to them mm-hmm. uh, so this is like my you can say a uh, next step where I want to reach out to them I want to listen to them what they are struggling because I have I'm I don't know what is happening with them so this is a real concern and at times I think about them because here I what I'm doing just with the help of internet because who can reach out to me through g through gmail through insta or through facebook i can only help to those people mm-hmm. and i i just uh, to tell you one story here one like software software guy called me once that he told me one of my mates daughter mates mates means a house help here we get a house help uh, who comes from a, like underprivileged family they come to the house and do a household chores for like one hour and they just leave the house like they, they come every day so we call it call them uh, can house help so uh, there was a house help of uh, of that guy whose daughter uh, I was having the MRKH condition. So I tried to help them. I told them, okay, please uh, give them my or give uh, their number. I will talk to them. I will just uh, consult them. Then suddenly he stopped uh, replying because he approached me through Gmail and he stopped uh, replying to my emails. Then uh, I got, uh, he has his number in his emails. So I just called him. Then he told, um, now I can't do anything because their family left the city. And I was like totally surprised why they left the city. What happened? why It's not a like big tragedy that you have to leave the city. Mm-hmm. So From that incident, it was coming to my mind. Okay, what these people like used to do when they know about their condition and all how their family or parents treat them, how society or neighbourhood treat them. So I have no idea
0: about them. It genuinely breaks my heart. So yeah, it's it's really unimaginable being in the UK and thinking about the amount. And it's it's something that I've always wanted to learn so much more about. Um, So yeah, just heartbreaking. That's all I can say really, just in terms of the, the fear the people running from it, like being disowned, like culturally yes. being just, yeah, it's just just shocking. But it's reality for so many people. And that's what, that's why I think that everything you're doing is just so amazing. And I just hope that all of our global charities and people are able to continually kind of support and just help us in any way that we can. Um, yeah really sad <laughs> um yeah. but you're again like I'm I'm I think my reaction is always going to be this is not shocking for you because it's something that you've lived but it's not something that I've lived so
1: no, it, I uh, could it, yeah
0: yeah it could, I probably like feeling it have like have heavily because it's um yeah just because of in the UK you do, it's it's MRKH is sad and I would never like to compare it but it's oh. But yeah, we've just got, we've got so, we've got so much more in terms of support and NHS and just so many things to be grateful for. And I think that's the word I'm looking for is gratitude. Um and just feeling grateful. Okay. So yeah. Um I need to take a breather. <laughs> I'm now like, oh, deep breaths. Um anyway, can I just ask you around um the future of MRKH? India and I know that you just touched on that a little bit but just what um what are you doing next what have you got planned and I kind of wanted to ask you about accessibility like how are you I know you said people like send you emails and gmail and and stuff like that Do do you find that there's less people with MRKH in India on social media and how how are they like accessing your support
1: yeah well I do feel uh even if they'd know about uh, internet or the social media, they're very hesitant to come to mm. those kind of platforms. And there must be a huge number who is still like unaware who is, who cannot access or who doesn't have the like, uh, what to say strength to come and just to, anonymously you know, some people don't have the strength to come and ask and to uh, to seek help so i understand or i what i feel there are a large chunk of people or married women or girls would be there who is still like unaware or who doesn't want to come or who doesn't want to seek any help so there are there will be many cases mm. yeah but what i say the future is like is bright for MRKH community. The first thing is that Indian culture is changing mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, like big uh, help from a Western community which I say that like Western part of the world because now we have access of every like you can say because the first thing is that your your movie, your shows, your programs inspire inspire us. Mm-hmm. So now we have that accessibility, we, da- we have Netflix, we have like digital uh, digital platform to know your movies your lifestyle and uh... Being a uh, like Indian, I can see I was also a very traditionally orthodox person, but I uh, because of my job profile, because I used to study about the US people and all the European kinds people lifestyle. So when I started uh, knowing about their lifestyle, their journey, their practices, I was really inspired by those exercises, I have changed my views. Mm-hmm. because at the time I was also like we fee- used to feel like premarital sex is not good mm-hmm. uh, so these things like um, these things have changed at times passes and when I see like teenagers uh, at this time they are much more confident they are age teens and it, it should be like that you shouldn't feel that now your life is finished you can't do anything you should have that feeling okay there is something missing but that's okay I can also lead a normal life like any other female so I'm happy that now teenagers seem more confident Uh, they are uh, happily coming and opening themselves yeah still they have some challenges but this change because my generation we are like totally shut (laughs) i think i'm only from my generation i've come out and that too when i come out when i lost all hopes uh, for for my life then i i then i I was in that state, okay, I have nothing to lose, then only I came. But these teenagers, like, really, I'm. they, they are also becoming an inspiration. I am learning from them. So how to, like, uh, manage your studies, manage your relationship, and how, how they think or start planning about their marriage or finding partners. So it's really good examples to learn
0: from them. It's true, because generationally, I think, I'm still learning from the people that are younger than me as well so like the 18, 19 year olds coming out of the MRKH woodwork it's just nice to have all different views and different experiences that's yeah it's it's just exciting to know that MRKH India can grow That ad like the charity can grow so is there any plans to um I know that you spoke about some of the is there any kind of gynecologist that you're looking to connect with in India or any kind of plans to expand the medical support or is it mainly kind of peer support and making friends through MRKH?
1: Yeah till the time like individual basis what I can do I'm doing mm. uh, and uh, here like a bit uh, difficult to approach uh, doctors because here in India you can mm, like uh, because here doctors schedules are very busy mm. they are like have yeah, any time to take some out time so yeah there, there will be it will happen but yeah it will take some time because here you can see population is very huge and there are uh, like a few doctors I think I I'm, I don't know the stat stats but here like one doctor you can see a thousand or two hundred patients so here a huge responsibility upon the doctors so it will take some time individual basis what i could do because i am i am also busy in my like personal schedule but yeah i certainly have some plans in future which i i would love to talk about because this is only just ideas which will i i will implement in near future and before implementing i would definitely i would uh, love to chat with you and talk to you about my future plans but yeah definitely it's on my plate and it will come <laughs> at the right
0: time that's the thing it's like all all of the advocacy everyone does it's all like just in their own time using their own resources so yeah I'm just um just so glad that
1: and you guys are are are
0: like,
1: you guys are leading the space so I just follow you guys I'm a little behind because of my like schedule and uh, this thing but yeah I'll back up and i'll i'm still learning from you guys and uh, yeah certainly I'll do something like which i can talk about
0: you've done absolutely loads I feel like there's no i think with is with the advocacy stuff i don't I, for me I don't see any I know that we've got like registered track charities and everything like that but I just think there's Everyone's doing it for their own personal kind of healing journeys and their own reasons yeah. to help each other. So I just see everyone as equal, equal advocates, just doing what they can do in the time that they've got with the resources that they've got to help other people. And it's all all of us are admirable, and especially everything you've done, given that you were the first person really to help anyone in India. And that's that's somewhere that really needs it. And yeah, so I just think it's amazing everything that you've done. Um, Purby, what would you want? like if someone in India is diagnosed with MRKH like today or tomorrow or maybe you're thinking about to your 17 year old self or something what would you want them to know and like what would you want their experience to be compared to maybe the experience that you had when you were younger
1: yeah so first of all I will tell them nothing happened to you it's nothing it just kind of one of your any like you just consider it like as a fever or some like something is missing which is not you know, should not be at all heartbroken because uh, if you mm-hmm. want if you want to have a relationship if you want to marry there's no no obstacles is there yeah if you want to have a baby you just need to plan better way and um you don't have to think your life is finished. You don't know anything. If you, if we start seeding this thought to every MRKH teens, they will like live a far better life. Like uh, what I have gone through, because what was seeded into my mind: "Your life is finished. You can't marry. Uh, you can't have relationship." So I have grown up with these thoughts, with these feelings. So somewhere it has subsided my personality as what I can be. And uh, like after 30 years, then I started evolving myself, evol- evolving my personality. But I still think so that mentality, that thought, the series of thought has still impacting you know, me in somewhere. So mm-hmm. like when a person is diagnosed with MRKH, every pa- parent should tell them this is nothing. This is very normal. This happens one in 5000 women. So it's mm-hmm. not uh, so uncommon. So And you have to just a little bit tweak your life. And uh, we have to be tell them a brighter side of MRKH condition, and. Uh just and uh, at the age of teen you no know, like nobody has that uh, mindset that i have i'll become a mother like have a child so we shouldn't like worry about at this stage yeah but when a girl reaches 23 24 when she's like aware and she wants to talk about it she wants to uh, get treatment then your yeah, parents should support her or like they and their friends their community their boyfriends uh, can help them, mm. so, can help them. So the thought, the seeding thought should be like mm, clear clear in a very positive. We have to focus in a positive side. So that thing should should be needed, especially in India.
0: And actually, that's such an important point because I think it's growing up before you even know you've got MRKH, you want to understand more about that there's differences in people's bodies and there isn't just one way or another i.e male or female there's lots of different variations of development and wombs and bodies and vulvas and everything like that Um, what what's the sex education like in India is there any kind of sex education curriculum in schools that's
1: in school i think there is uh, there sh- um, i have no that much exposure in the school but yeah i have uh, a slight idea that yeah now the there is some session that people take uh, as a sex education, but still like in family, uh, maybe uh, I what I think uh, your parents, your siblings have that uh, like open mind to uh, to mm-hmm. discuss with these things, because these things are for an IMRK team, it is a problem where you need, to, you need a solution. So first of all, uh, uh, you need to uh, you know, tell her about all this in detail Mm. if she doesn't know because now a teen knows everything about their body about their condition I laugh at myself that (laughs) in my 20 years I didn't know about my body Mm. A teen knows if the parents feel that they don't know about themselves about their body they should educate them they should like uh, uh, tell them they should ask that what treatment you want to take and if they Mm. are not ready some suppose uh, a 17 years old teen says that I don't want to uh, to have a, any treatment at this stage, the parents should agree to that. And if a, a 15 years old t- uh, teen says, I, I want a treatment, so parents should agree to that also. Yeah. So... I think a 13 years old teen can uh, decide about the dilation that she wants to have or not. So I think this clarity, this communication should be necessary and this should not go for any from any doctor or anything. It should mm-hmm. go directly from the parents, from the siblings, what
0: I feel. To educating parents and siblings is yeah. is like just as important it's all about family members don't don't talk about it and yeah. this complaint
1: i have been having with my family members that they never until now they don't don't talk about me very in very uh, like we didn't you know i have two sisters but we never yeah. had a like open discussion about it and my brother was all is like He's a silent supporter throughout my life. And and, uh, at the time when I was not knowing my name because he was a biology student. So he just got us some Turner syndrome, that uh, chapter uh, in his book. What he did he wants to tell me but he can't talk to me so what did, yeah yeah what he did he just opened that page and he just uh, told me that read that this page number or something and he ran away from the room Aww. <laughs> that- Then I read that, uh, um, that Turner syndrome, but I realized at that time, okay, this is all the symptoms is not matching with my condition. And after like 10 years, then only I uh, came to know about this MRKH. Previously, the doctors told me a name, which is like primary um, amenorrhea. Yeah,
0: Yeah. not having periods. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, which was, I was carrying this as a name, but I didn't know that that kind of case is there in any India in the world. So. I twenty years, eight years. I was completely blind about it, and my brother, like uh, he's he's younger to me, and uh, he he hasn't not married, and I have a total. Uh, I what I think he just feel guilty about it that oh how can I marry before (laughs) my sister marries so I just try to convince him please marry please marry but somewhere like he's giving me a silent support that don't worry if you what if you are alone I am with you (laughs) so I try to convince him but he's not ready to marry or not I don't know what is going inside him it is still uh (laughs) like uh what to say. I'm worried about him. Um, I just uh, uh, like convince him my life is my life. What has happened to me is n- nothing going to impact even if you marry or not marry. Mm-hmm. Even, we are not staying like together. He's in Singapore. I'm in India. So I I keep telling him but I don't know what is what, go, what goes on his mind, what he thinks. But somewhere I feel like he like cries inside uh, thinking about my condition, about me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Though we never, like, discussed openly, but I feel I can uh, read his mind, I can read his, uh, like, mental condition, but still I am not sure why he's not, like, ready to marry (laughs) any girl. So that bothers me a lot.
0: He's sort of, yeah, he's, he's carrying a lot of the grief for you as well, but silently... So he's feeling really bad and maybe isn't ready himself to go and get married. Um, oh, bless him. So he's, yeah, so he, you're quite close then.
1: Yeah, very close. Like, he's my best friend, you can see. And I still remember when you used to go, when you we are in the same place, we were studying only. We used to go out, everybody like used to tease us, like girlfriend, boyfriend. And then he used to come to her, um, complain, my mom, I don't go with this girl, everybody like teases us. <laughs> so we we kind of uh, grown up like fighting, like any kind of sister or brother. <laughs> So And we have lots of stories that whenever we go to a public place, because he's also shy, I'm also shy. So we just uh, go to a corner, we start talking. So m- mom says, There is a house, you can talk there. It's a public place. Now you can talk to others.
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so when you revealed MRKH on social media, did you start doing that anonymously first? Or did you put, because I know that you, you spoke about, having your story online. How did that feel? How was your experience of being public with MRKH? Yeah,
1: so since t- 2011, I uh, anonymously, I was advocating uh, advocating about my journey. So just last year, I was not revealing uh, mainly because of my like workplace because I had to go like every day. So I was all, I were always used to think what what will happen after I reveal myself uh, in my workplace. So, but uh, I just uh, reached that state that, okay, because due to COVID we started working remotely, and I was not having a like a very good environment in my like previous uh, organization. So I thought nothing bad, more mm, worse can happen. <laughs> nothing worse can happen with this situation and personal in personal level also. I was uh, not um, no hope left, and uh, because I was doing like this uh, mm, advocacy from the last ten years. So I thought. Uh, if I'm not who will do this so I have to like lead by example so I if I will reveal myself then others will be motivated to do the same so and I, I have been doing like, like from the last 10 years so I thought of this as my responsibility uh, not now then when so it's like high time to come out because now I have to do I have some plans which I can do which cannot be uh, possible without revealing myself. So I just revealed myself in online platform and uh, to my like, uh, I didn't expect that I will get an overwhelming response. Uh, and I had expected from, like from the group of people I, uh, but I uh, received more than what I expected. I got like very, um, message like very warmth messages people like star came, sa- sent me very emotional messages and I was like really very um, was heartfelt and I mm-hmm. I was thankfully I was saying okay there was no fear of like coming to the people there are people there are people in your so- mm-hmm. society no matter what they will understand you so um I can say like eighty percent. I had the positive uh, experience, uh, but uh, when I just left, left the like I was staying in Mumbai like for for eight years, and then I got into a new job which is in Hyderabad. So before going to Hyderabad, I thought of coming to my native place and uh, mm-hmm. native place. So before that, like I didn't get no response from Mumbai folks. Uh, from bangalore folks where i studied um, mba where i to, uh, when i had the uh, first job i got overwhelming uh, response from my college mates from my first office mates so those were like very really but in mumbai folks i did not receive any like one except one or two i didn't receive any response uh, when i came to my na- native place here also who are people who are close to me like 95% people are the same, uh, same treatment. But uh, just uh, one or two incidents I would like to uh, cite here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because here, uh, in this society, uh, my parents used to stay there. And uh, they they are having a good relationship with my few neighbors. And one uncle and aunt was there. They're like having two, three children who's so got married or like marriage mm-hmm. stage. So they were like her one of the sons was getting married and they organized a reception. but they didn't invite me knowing my condition because uh, in India it was a like uh, old thing that any widow or any like uh, sterile female are not considered holy to attend those uh, auspicious ceremony or perform any kind of ceremonies. So I was not at, not at all invited because of that condition. So it it like I was really f- felt bad about this. That still people are carrying those superstitious mm-hmm. uh, like uh, you can say rituals or thoughts, or uh, so that was for, um, like heartbreaking thing which happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, first few folks who like who uh, who communicated good things online but now hesitant to meet me in person uh, after knowing my condition so this two things which like which uh, like touched me which I am still feeling sometimes I feel bad about it so and uh, here like what and (laughs) this is a like funny incidence Uh, some girls like uh, not some it's like one or two incidents they start doubting my orientation <laughs> so they think like maybe I mm, kind of like mm, like girls or kind of things which mm. is not like now everybody is open about it but uh, still feel and feel and they get scared of it but how can I tell them don't worry I like boys <laughs> I am not interested in girls <laughs> so that kind of fear I um, that I feel mm, they don't say but I can feel it so that's why they make a distance they avoid meeting in person and all so these oh, kind of
0: such a shame such a shame though that someone's yeah. avoiding meeting you but just know that whatever anyone else thinks like I think the main thing is that you know yourself and and you've got all of us <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: But you know it's, it's it's yeah it can't be it can't be a, it's really really heartbreaking and it can't be a nice feeling to be avoided and treated differently to someone just because you haven't got a womb <laughs> I just think it's just it's just really really sad and it's just not yeah just can't imagine that feeling so just sorry really that sorry that you go through that and that it's like your reality that some of us probably find such a far away thing but it's existing like now in 2022 <laughs> people are getting <laughs> sh- like shunned and disowned just because of how their body is and um and then questioned about sexuality and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's yeah thank you so much for sharing um so anyway perby just to end our amazing discussion um, and thank you again for sharing everything that you have I've learned so so much about um, India and the kind of experiences people have with MRKH in India Um, can I just ask you to end what does womanhood mean to you
1: yeah so what I feel that what you feel from inside like whatever you are whatever which field you are in however your body is Uh, if you are like feeling inside um, as a woman if you feel like a woman inside you so nobody like can question you or can feel uh, less worth of you if you think that you are a woman whatever you are doing whatever your body is you should feel confident and you should satisfied uh, with what you have and you should be happy about that yeah so keep positive feeling through entire life i know it is difficult but you should practice this to be positive for your entire life
0: oh that's so lovely and you are you've made me feel positive anyway so (laughs) from our chat earlier um anyway purby thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been an absolute privilege and pleasure to speak to you and learn so much from you um, and I can't wait to see and hopefully support anything that you're doing with MRKH India. And I'm sure there's sure. someone out there that needs you. And there's, you're changing so many young people with MRKH's lives. So, yeah, I'm in awe of you. <laughs>
1: Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I have found a one um, like more good friend and from my MRKH community. So I'll just get into uh, like keep in touch with you. <laughs>
0: oh Perby, it's been amazing thank you so much take care you too oh, and it's
1: lovely too. talking to nice talking to you
0: and, oh so and nice, nice talking
1: to you. inside after talking to you
0: thank you so much for listening to the mind over mrkh podcast We will have regular new episodes, so please follow and subscribe. If you want to come for a chat, get in touch. And to everyone with MRKH, you are not alone.